0: And welcome to the Untitled Female Driven Podcast.
1: Yay! We're so excited to be here for our second episode and we... Are three film and TV writers who want to talk about how to make it as professional writers in the entertainment industry. And this podcast
2: covers pretty much everything we wish we had known when we were getting started. There's a lot to know, and when I got started, I was too scared to ask questions. So you can learn the easy way what we learned the hard
1: way. I'm Erica Schreiber. I mostly write features. I'm Hannah Rosner. I mostly write for TV. And I'm Jess Cho, and I mostly write for TV, too. And today, we are here to talk about stamina. woo, woo stamina so important am i right yes. oh yeah
0: <laughs> it is it is not an unlimited resource <laughs> no it is not
1: so like yeah let's talk about like the nuts and bolts of how we get our shit done like logistically speaking and what our days actually look like and i know you guys are in rooms fairly often and I think we're gonna what's what's kind of cool about this is we're gonna get different versions of what a day in the life looks like and how we get it done
2: there's a difference though between normal circumstances and ideal circumstances
1: that's really true let's talk about normal circumstances
2: oh man i was hoping you would say ideal let's talk like, about oh.
1: ideal circumstances well,
2: <laughs> i wake up i wake up at 9 a.m being fed by a beautiful man
1: and no,
0: anyway keep going
1: no i those are ideal circumstances i love it <laughs> I could listen to
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess under normal circumstances, I I do wake up fairly early. I'm just a, a morning person, mostly because by like <laughs> nine o'clock, I cannot keep my eyes open at night. Who I'm are just, you? I know, so I'm I'm usually up at like six thirty. Me too. Uh, okay. You're supposed yeah. to be a writer. We don't get up. No, at no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I can't sleep in anymore. It's it. <laughs> those days are over. I mean, I actually did sleep till eight thirty today, but I drank a lot last night, and it was easier to sleep in. After that, I'm like um,
1: genuinely angry at you right now.
0: <laughs> I trust me. I wish I could sleep in because if I stay up till it doesn't really matter how late I stay up. If I stay up till one in the morning, I'm still going to wake up at six thirty. So it's it's me brutal. Me
2: too, Hannah. Hannah, we should talk about this <laughs> seriously because I wake up at five thirty every day without What's
1: fail. The fuck. No <laughs> what matter. Are
2: you no matter what time I go to sleep, I could go to bed at two thirty in the morning. I'll still wake up at five
0: thirty. It's awful. Ugh, All right. Well, no. if you if
1: to our listeners um, I'm the normal one <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll, please, we'll get into sleep tips uh, yeah, another, continue yeah. Hannah,
1: please, before I lose my shit
0: so yeah. I wake up at 6.30 I have my coffee I meditate I really do uh, meditate every morning and it's a game changer um, for 10 minutes a day and then I pretty much dive in when I'm working. Yes, I do try to work out in the morning before so that I have burnt off any like stress that I don't want to bring into my day. And then I usually get into the office about an hour early and I go over any of the notes from the night before that seem relevant. I always read the room notes. So, uh, and, so just and you're talking this.
1: specifically when you're in a room right
0: now. Yeah. So when I'm in a, when I'm in a writer's room, the way it works is we have a writer's assistant. Um, our writer's assistant, Sylvia, is awesome. And she takes these incredible notes. And at the end of the day, I will read them and then kind of take notes on the notes that I will then go over the next morning and be like, okay, I had this idea as I was reading the notes last night, but I was too tired to do anything about them last night. And I'm about to go into the room in an hour. So I have basically an hour to an hour and a half in the morning to kind of prep some pitches and some ideas and anything like flesh out anything that came to mind the night before when I was going over the notes and then go into work I'm in the room for eight to 10 hours a day or more. Uh, actually, eight. Well, that's a pipe dream. Never. <laughs> eight hours would be incredible. Uh, Ten to twelve hours a day, and then I do go home. I try to like turn off my brain for for at least thirty minutes. So just go for a walk or have dinner with my husband, and then I will read the notes again. And there are definitely nights when the last thing I want to do is look at the no- day's notes. I want to just like turn on the TV or read a book and just forget about it. But I found that. It was really helpful to, to look at the notes every day and just at least keep keep it all in my mind, so that I'm even when I'm like sleeping, ideas are still sort of percolating in my subconscious.
1: Cool, that's amazing, Hannah. Uh... You basically
2: just described my life.
1: <laughs> oh. Cool. Right. Anything you want to add or or subtract?
2: No, I mean, I would also stress that the meditation is a game changer. Like, as soon as I wake up, I meditate, and it really does center me and help me focus. Working out beforehand is good, and also reading the notes. It seems like such a small, obvious thing, and yet a lot of people don't do it, I found. And it really helps get you in the rhythm of Mm -hmm. uh, the discussion once again, and it really... For me, at least, it, it sort of like loosens the brain juices or gets the brain juices flowing again so that I am much more prepared um, for the discussion to follow. And yeah, being able to turn off your brain at the end of the day is really, really important. For me, I go for a long walk and then I read a really good book for like a
0: few hours and then, Yeah. In a room, I don't have a much of a social life. I don't know about you guys. Same. One thing I don't understand about being in a room that I, I noticed the, when I first worked, like when I was a writer's assistant, is how these TV writers who are working 12 to 14 hours a day, if you include you know reading the notes and all the prep work that goes into it, how they have time to watch tv. <laughs> like, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> they're talking about life. all the shows they watch and we're all watching like, you know, The Killing Eve or the or the Game of Thrones of mm-hmm. the of the mm-hmm. season. Like everyone's watching the same things, but then they're also watching like The Bachelor or 90 Day Fiancé. And I'm like, "How do you guys?" <laughs> yeah. They're like Love oh, is man. Blind, Tiger King. I'm like, "How the hell are you guys keeping
2: up with all of this crap?" Oh, my God. It's amazing. Oh, amazing. Uh, amazing.
1: Well, I'm so excited over here because I feel like, you know, like in college you get like roommates and you have like three people in a room and like two of them are like, you know, they get up early and they're organized and shit. And then you have that one like sloppy person that (laughs) in this case is screenwriter me. (laughs) Cause like I, I have worked in rooms. I haven't been in a room for I think two years now. And like, so I have been screenwriting full time. So here we go. I get up (laughs) like maybe at nine, hopefully at nine and, um, you know, back before pandemic days, I would try to be out of the door by like 10 or 1030 to go to my coffee shop to write, right? So I take my because like, for me, I do a lot of my best writing outside the house, I need something to block out, right? That somehow helps me keep my attention as does having like, if I have spent money on a latte, then I am more likely to just like get it done. You know what I mean? I've made this investment in actually going somewhere. And so I try to spend the first half of my day doing that. I sit there, I I have bought equipment to help keep my computer more at eye level because you know, once you're past 30, like your neck gets really angry at you all the time, which is great. And mm-hmm. so like, you know, I do a few hours at the coffee shop, I take a lunch break, I go home, I might watch an episode of something, as long as it's not something that's too addictive, I might read, I definitely eat lunch. Uh, And then at two o'clock, because like, so the whole industry takes a a lunch break, basically between one and two, maybe 2.30. You're not gonna get anyone on the phone, no one's doing anything, they're just eating and whatever. And then I will try to do the second half of my day at home, especially if I've gotten on a roll from, you know, the first half of my day. And I will go until six. And unless I'm got a deadline or if I'm completely on a roll and I wanna keep working, I let myself off the hook at six. I have this kind of like it just helps me concentrate for more hours during the day. If I know come six o'clock, I am done. Mm-hmm. Right. That's when the glass of wine comes in. That's when I might watch an episode of something or read scripts. I don't totally shut down my brain at six, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I haven't been in a room with people talking about story all day long. So my brain is a little bit more well-rested, I think, in the evening than your guys's, which makes so When I was in a room, I just wanted to go home and and, and die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am also more likely to work on a weekend, I think, than TV writers, but I could be wrong. But, like, it's very much make your own schedule I find it much easier when there's a deadline involved, whether it's I've told my rep that I will get something to them or it's a job and like the producers are waiting and I have you know the 12 weeks to do the draft. So
2: Yeah, deadlines are super important. Um, Mm -hmm. Even when I haven't told my reps that I'll get them this thing, I'll tell my friend, like my writer friend who I get first round notes from. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to get this draft to you by this date. Would, Would you mind reading it? And even if I don't actually know if I can get it done by that date, then I'll have at least set it for myself in my calendar.
0: Yeah, okay. that's you that's a really good thing. strategy. You know, yeah, I think it's really smart too to uh, what you're saying, Erica, about s- like sticking to a schedule and having having a designated time that is that's sort of your cutoff point every day. It's one. Th- it's obviously important to have a deadline, like long term, like I want to have my draft done in two weeks or whatever. But to have also your your day sort of planned out in a way that you're like, it it helps you not procrastinate. Like I know yeah. if I wake up and I am just, you know, this is quarantine life now, not like my typical day, um, where I'm, I am trying to stick to a schedule and get a lot of stuff written still while I'm not working. And being home, it's hard. You're, there's all these things, the dishes in the sink. There's like, you got to go check the mail or whatever. And I end up getting caught up in a bunch of other crap that's not writing. But yeah. if I know, okay, I want to have, I want to at least revise five pages by noon so that I can go home and Take my nap or eat my lunch, uh, and then get back to it. And then I know I would need to be done for the day by six. You're just more motivated to sit down and do the work rather than like put it off.
2: Yeah, because it's so much easier to put it off. It's oh yeah, so much
0: It is very easy not to put to it write. off. Yeah, it's incredible how much easier it is to put off work than. <laughs> to yeah, work it's like to you out. know when
1: you're writing and stuff, and you're just like, have you tried not writing? Mm-hmm, yeah. You know? mm-hmm, because yes. that's also kind of great.
2: Yeah, it is. It is great. It's like, you know, you could go stand in front of your computer for two hours and, you know, type out a couple sentences or.
1: Or, or. you can do literally anything else. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I will say like in terms of discipline, because like, I honestly like pandemics aside, and we should definitely talk soon about what it's been like in a pandemic, but pandemic aside, I have very good discipline. Like I I do that writing. I do that time. And I have been asked, as I'm sure you guys are asked, like, how do you actually make yourself do it? When you're not in a room and there's, you know, like when you're in a room, people are depending on you, but like outside of that, because, you know, a lot, most people are, are not in rooms. Um, and honestly, for me, it's just been doing it. I'd like to get into the flow. I just made myself do it every day. And even if I failed at it catastrophically, I still would go to that coffee shop. In the morning, and I still would sit there and I still would just, you know, be like, this is the time that I'm writing. And the more I did it, the more it became just a part of my life. And once it becomes routine, then it's just like your brain kind of gets on a schedule in which, once you force it to cooperate, it's like, oh, no, I will come up with ideas between 10 and 1 and 2 and 6.
2: Yeah. I think routine is definitely the word here to use. Like uh, just having, just making yourself go through the motions of it. Even if you know, like you're not going to write anything. There have been days when I stand in front of my computer and I'm like, this is going to be a shit day. Yeah. And I write shit sentences and yeah. <laughs> shit scenes. But you know what? It's okay as long as you make yourself do it. Yep. Because it's like, yeah, you don't have to use any of this stuff. No, I have definitely
1: you... deleted everything at the end of the day more than once.
2: Oh, yes. Absolutely. But as long as you keep doing it, then it becomes almost like muscle memory. Mm-hmm. It becomes ingrained in your life.
1: Absolutely. And before I was able to work full time, like I would kind of make myself do it before work. Yeah, lunch, you know, like an hour in the evening, like whatever it was that I, you know, like whenever I had to take a different job, because I worked a lot of different freelance jobs, I would look at that schedule and I would figure out what time I could give to writing. And um, honestly, like, I, I'm i a big proponent of scheduling on the calendar. Like I sometimes will even schedule which project I will be working on. And like, it doesn't always go my way. Like writing, there's only there's resistance and creativity of how much you can actually like relegate stuff. But, you know, like in the morning, I'm working on this project. And in the afternoon, I'm working on this project.
0: Yeah.
2: Absolutely. So Hannah, when you were writing in the room, did you work on your own projects separately as well?
0: At first I didn't. It was my first staff job and I knew I'd been told by many writers and it was also pretty obvious from starting that I was going to have to really hustle and just completely focus on like the job, the room I was in, it demanded so much of my time and energy that I thought I'm just going to focus on this one thing for a while and not have side projects, at least for the first couple months. So it was all encompassing. And I was working on it on the weekend too. I was, I was coming up with pitches on the weekend and it paid off. I mean, I got, I was, I got asked back and they said in my, you know, sort of exit interview or whatever, they were like, you, we could tell that you were putting in tons of work outside of the room. And that really showed, and that really helped the show move forward. And every day you were here with, here with fresh ideas that you obviously had spent some time on. So that's all to say I was, only working on the show for the first like five, five or six months. And then the last couple of months, as I started to get more comfortable, and I also learned how to work smarter, not harder, uh, which is something I could talk about another time. But I was like, okay, well, now I can sort of work on the side on my own projects.
1: What about you, Jess? How do you manage?
2: Yeah. So the reason I, the reason I asked is because I remember my first... Two writing gigs. I would always, I would wake up at like four thirty. Whoa! And I would write for two hours before I did everything else I need to do that day, like work out and meditate and prepare for my room. And um, when I started this new job um, as a co-producer on a show I cannot connect, I cannot <laughs> name, like Voldemort, show that shall not be named, the show that shall not be named. <laughs> not be named um, I just couldn't do it. I, the show itself was uh, just required such uh, intensity from me, so much like just thinking and just strategizing and pitching and the notes were so copious, like so many notes to get through every night that, um, yeah, I couldn't write my own projects anymore. I couldn't do it after work. I couldn't do it before work, not without my day job as a TV writer suffering. And I felt incredibly guilty about that for a long time. Mm-hmm. I felt a lot of like shame, like oh, well, you're a writer. You're supposed to be writing your own stuff, you know. And I was really hard on myself for a long time. And then I sort of learned to forgive myself a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. like, that's, that's why I'm bringing it up is because it's hard being a TV writer. It's hard doing any of it these really jobs. Is. And so you should just feel like you should do what you can do, and be proud of that.
0: Uh, yeah, and and burnout is real. I mean, when you're working in a room and you've got, I know how. Our, our room was also very demanding just of mental energy that you didn't want to I didn't want to burn myself out on my own projects and then have my work suffer as a result. So I really had to prioritize. But you're right. You do have to cut yourself some slack. And I think also I was going to say before I started like working on my own and working, being able to uh, work as a writer in a room when I was an assistant and when I was uh, an exec, I would have to be there at ten AM, 10 ten A. M. So I would also get up two hours earlier, not four thirty. You're insane. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I draw the line. Am I not even saying <laughs>
1: anything right now?
0: <laughs> I would get I would get up at like six and start writing by seven and write just for two hours until basically I'd write until my boss started emailing me. And so because I sort of trained myself to do as much of my own personal writing, even though that job was also really demanding, I was learning so much at that job about writing that I was like, well, I need to go put this into practice. I don't want to just learn this and, and have this job be my whole life. So I'd put what I was learning at my job into practice in my own writing. And I was seeing how much my own writing was improving just by doing those like one or two hour sessions. So you do have to find you just have to find the time wherever yeah. you can steal it if you're if you're super busy but if you're overextending yourself if you're already working really hard then you know it's your job like you that's the thing i had to remember was i worked for for 10 years to get to this place where i was actually getting paid to pitch and write in a writers room i didn't need to feel guilty the way i i had been about not working on my own projects
1: it's super easy to beat yourself up and it's not helpful. It's like definitely a waste of time and yeah. energy because most of the time, if you're not writing and you can't make time to write, it's because if it's, if you truly love writing, it's because of other things in life and you can't get blood from a stone or whatever that expression is. But like, right. it is my tendency to. And I think this kind of leads us into all the pandemic stuff. You know, we've been in lockdown. Time has no meaning. And like, <laughs> um, I, I ended up taking like a week off. I don't know about you guys and maybe I know just you can't necessarily Only do that right a now. week?
2: Oh my god, I took three weeks off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but like <sighs> I was taking time off unintentionally and beating myself up about it. I was trying to make myself right, trying to stick to that schedule and mm-hmm. getting nothing done. And I was in a really fortunate place in which like I have jobs lined up, I have jobs that I'm on, but there was nothing immediate that needed doing, right? So I was trying to write my new spec. I was trying to work on, I was trying to rewrite an old pilot, like all these things that I was just pushing myself into doing, but no, no, you know, actual deadlines. And that's when I decided to take a week off. It was honestly after a conversation with my manager in which she was like, well, what if you just don't do that? And stop beating yourself up. But that was really hard for me to just be like, you know what? This week I'm playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey and that is what I'm doing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And trying to, and just kind of like pushing myself slowly to get back into that routine instead of just expecting it of myself. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Your body needs to reset, you know, your body and your brain. It Mm -hmm. just needs time sometimes.
1: Yeah. This is not the time to write the great American novel. You know, there's too much outside pressure. And like, if you can do any writing at all, like, God bless you. That's amazing. It's really important to to just kind of accept that this isn't a vacation we're all on. Yeah. It's incredibly stressful. But things like scheduling which projects I'm going to be working on when have helped uh, helped me hold myself accountable. I have like an accountability buddy and we send each other pages every Friday. We also honestly text each other in the morning to make sure we actually got out of bed. Super helpful. (laughs) Um, No meditation yet or possibly ever, but we'll see.
2: There are two things I want to say. And then we can talk about each of them separately or whatever. But the first thing is the thing that really helped me with my stamina, I guess, and staying sane was don't compare your career to other people. Yes. So true. Yeah. Like I was driving myself to distraction (laughs) being like, well, this person's already at this level and this person's already in like pre-production for this thing. And it's like, we started at the same time. And yet, why are they so much farther ahead of me? and um yes and this career just doesn't work like that it's not a well-ordered thing it's yeah (laughs) and everyone moves at their own pace and not one thing is not better than the other
0: yeah i I think i I feel the same way i feel like when i first moved out here i had completely unrealistic expectations about how quickly i would get to where i wanted to be in my career and the thing is everyone says well you know you write write just write your script and you get an agent and then you got to just like as soon as a door opens, just jump through it. And there is there is a lot of emphasis on, you know, you're this young, hot writer, and the younger you are, then the, the more cachet you have or the more impressive you are. And that all may be true, but that's that's all to say that it you shouldn't compare yourself to other people because the time that you're taking, figuring out, like we talked about in episode one, figuring out what your brand is and what you like to write and honing your skills and getting to that point, everyone does it at a different time. So if I had been offered the opportunity to write on Legacies four years ago, I, there's no way I would have been ready. My writing wasn't there. My pitching ability wasn't there. The time that it took me to to develop those skills, I was ready when I got the opportunity. So you kind of, you can't really rush it. Um, yes.
2: Totally agree. If I had gotten my current job a couple of years ago, I would have totally screwed it up. Like there's just no, I was not ready for the caliber of uh-huh. discussion, of pitching, of just pitching. Yeah. Just like the, the creativity needed. And yeah. So,
1: yeah. so that's why stamina is so important is like people do burn out, writers do burn out, but the more discipline you have, the longer you can kind of prolong it before you do. My thing right now is that like, I honestly have a lot of projects going at the same time. And it's mm-hmm. a little hard to switch back and forth. And I don't think I would have been able to do that a few years ago. You know, it also helps me look at those projects with an element of realism that I didn't have, you know, that like, I understand when I'm working on something, like, I am able to do the best job I can with the understanding that like, it is out of my hands, as soon as I turn it in, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter if, if the execs or producers say or want to shoot it next, you know, like, that's the thing that I hear a lot, like, oh, we're shooting this next. I'm like, you know, at this point, I'm like, cool, that sounds nice. You know, whereas before I was like, hey, hey, dad, you know, like they're going to make my project in a few months after I turn in. Like he's he's a little confused now. Um, I don't tell him <laughs> things like that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but like to be able to focus on multiple projects, to be able to pitch well and, and develop scripts and pitches in a way that is both efficient. But also the right amount of work because like there's so much that comes up in your life as a writer once people start getting interested in working with you and some of it's bullshit and some of it is not. And like being able to tell the difference and knowing where to invest your time is almost as important as knowing how to invest your time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think you brought up really something really important, uh, Erica, because another thing that keeps me sane is not having just one project at a time. Like when Mm -hmm. I'm not on a TV show, if I'm just, you know, on my own developing, aka unemployed. um, (laughs) Then it's like, if I have a couple projects in various stages, then I don't go crazy. Because if you put all your eggs in that one basket and it doesn't work out, like you don't sell it or no one's that interested, then you're like, what is the meaning
0: of life? Yeah, (laughs) I poured my heart and soul into this. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Uh, it's an
1: interesting balance between having that realism, but also genuinely having enthusiasm and passion for what you're doing. You know, that balance is hard and it takes a long time to really develop it.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was one thing I was going to bring up with regards to having discipline. It's also, it's obviously very important to just be able to sit down and just do the work and get into it. But I wanted to talk a little bit about that and ask you guys how you do it because, you know, you do have to find the joy in the writing. There is, this is a business and it is your job. And you, even if you're not getting paid at the time, you have to treat it like your job and do it whether you're in the mood or not. But at a certain point you do, I at least I tend to burn out on a project if, you know, I've got a project that I've been working on for two years, and it's finally starting to get some interest. But doing these rewrites is just, it's it's exhausting. And I'm not I'm not, I don't, I'm not as excited about it as I am the project that I just started writing six months ago. That's like mm-hmm. fresh and new. And I'm really like, can't, you know, there's projects where you wake up and you just can't wait to work on it. But like, what do you do if you've been working on something and you just need, you're like 90% there, you're almost at the finish line, but jinning up your enthusiasm, even when it's like the well has dried up and your enthusiasm for that thing, like, how do you guys, I don't know, how do you find the joy again? Like, how do you find a way to get excited about something
1: that's such a good question that's a great question one is i keep all the notes that i did before so like i can go back to the beginning and look at like when i was coming up with this pitch or when i was coming up with the script like what was what were the first things that i was so excited about and try to rekindle it from that place you know that's like really mm-hmm. different than where i came from um also like i in general kind of note down what movies this is kind of like you know Um, And I can rewatch them or reread the scripts and be like, this is what I really liked about that and how I related it to this. Um, And sometimes I just sit down and write the fucking terrible version, you know, Uh So because it is it is easier to rewrite and add sparkle than it is to look at that blank page and be like, I got nothing. So never be afraid to write just the shitty version of whatever it is like the exposition is not hidden. The like nuts and bolts are showing like do that and then build off of it.
2: Yeah, I call it the soap opera version. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh no, my boyfriend is also my secret father. Dun, dun, dun. What? <laughs> Wait, what are you working on?
0: <laughs> I am writing a soap opera, so it's <laughs> gonna be great. Yeah, for me,
2: I don't know. Like I think uh Erica's your situation is slightly different than mine because you actually have like jobs for these like features lined up in the deadlines. For me, it's all specs on the feature side at least. And so when I'm writing a project and I've spent years on it and I just cannot gin up any enthusiasm for the major rewrite that I'm going to have to do. I will put it down for up to 2 months. And I will just not I will not look at it, I will not think about it. I will do the project that I'm super excited about. And then when I can go no further with that new project at that time, I go back to the old project. And looking at it with fresh eyes really helps because from then on I'm not looking at it from a passion point of view, I'm looking at it from a technical point of view. It's like, okay, so how do I how does this how do I improve the writing here? How does the scene work improve? What do I need to do? And then it becomes more of a craft challenge as opposed to a like, oh my baby. That makes sense.
1: I actually keep a grid of all the things I'm working on and, and anything professional really. It can be, you know, like a pitch or it can be a script. And I just like make a note of where it is and I kind of organize it. Most important pressing stuff is at the top and then stuff that I want to remember but isn't immediate at the bottom, right? And just like if there's a pin in it because I, ne- I can't do anything with it because I need the director's notes or whatever, like that goes on the note and it moves down the list and I can move something else up. And I think there's this idea that, writers can't be organized, which is very silly because we all know incredibly organized writers, but like there's this, you know, low expectation for just like, oh, you know, you sit at the computer all day and you just type and type and type and type and it comes to you. And like, no, it's actually, as we've said before, it's business, but it's also very much something, the things that you can't control whether or not you're feeling inspired that day, but you can be organized. And I think it makes a huge difference.
2: We should really bust that myth of
0: like, you only write when you're inspired. Like, oh, writer's yeah, only an inspiration. <laughs> yeah. if you want to write as a job,
1: you have to treat it like a job and yeah. Exactly.
0: I was going to say that one thing I do is when I've done a couple hours of writing and I'm sort of burning out or I'm running out of steam for writing, I will then save my script as a PDF. I will read it on my iPad in Ionotate. I don't think it's free, but it's a pretty cheap program that allows you to write notes directly in the PDF. And I'll just like read it. So I'm actually seeing it in my mind rather than crafting the scenes. And I'll read it, I'll take notes on the pages and then I'll save them for the next day. And that way, even if I sit down and I, I'm not like, oh, I'm coming up with this brand new fresh idea for this scene or I'm writing this uh something from scratch, I have like a backlog of notes to do that day. So I have something to do and kind of it's so, so it's like whether or not I'm inspired is not even part of the equation. It's just I have work to do, and I'm gonna I'm gonna work on those notes and yeah. just have having something on the docket.
1: I just wanted to ask you guys one last question, which is if there's anything you're doing during this crazy pandemic time to kind of keep your creative side going. There's, I mean, meditating. <laughs> <laughs> Said with so much scorn. Um, <laughs> Someone's got to do it. I don't right. want our listeners to think that you have to get up at four thirty and meditate to be able to do that.
2: I'm
1: serious. On. On. I maybe get up at nine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the thing that I found that helps me the most has nothing to do with writing. I think it's I think the body and the mind are very aligned. If one is feeling good, the other will feel good. If one is performing well, the other will perform well. And so for me just staying physically active is really important. So YouTube has a wonderful selection of workout videos that I've been availing myself of. And I think just basically, it doesn't have to be working out. It can be, as long as it's anything that is not related to writing, just getting your head out of that space and focusing on something that is wholly different, I think helps a lot.
0: Very cool. Yeah. I would second working out. I definitely, uh, it's inspiring. It helps me just clear my head and, and just, it's something to look forward to just going outside and going for a run Um, but on top of that I have been reading a lot which has been nice to have that like actually have this time to read I when I'm working when I was on Legacies I didn't have time to read or really do anything that required brain power outside of my job but now I'm reading all these great old sci-fi books I'm reading Foundation right now by Asimov and I'm like this is giving me so many ideas and kind of keeping my creative juices flowing when I'm not writing. So that's been really exciting. It's been really great to have time to read. So what about
2: you, Erica? What do you do?
1: I do. I would say there's two things. One is I, I, one of my favorite things in the world to do is to take a long walk with my headphones and just listen to the music. That's like really exciting me right now and not, you know, and, and not even try to necessarily. It's not when I discover new music. It's just like, These are the songs I love. These are the songs that make me feel jazzed up and creative and awesome. So I listen to those. Um, And also, so much baking. There's just something (laughs) about baking that helps me clear my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And as these two can attest to, I always text and say hey, please take this food out of my house
0: like would you like some orange cookies amazing <laughs> orange cookies by the way I have Jeff, the last time you texted me Eric, i was like <laughs> i almost wrote not today satan <laughs> 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 because the last batch of of chai chocolate chip cookie yeah. what was, it was like a cookie brownie it was insane oh my god it was a skillet cookie oh my god like, oh, it was so good amazing. yeah
1: so like yes i bake and then try to force other people to eat my baking <laughs> and that's kind of been my, my whole raison d'etre,
0: she said, not yes. speaking any French.
1: Um, cool. Well, we are Untitled Female Driven Podcast.
0: <laughs> so follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at Untitled Female. You can also connect with us over email at Untitled Female Driven Podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, Tell us what you'd like to hear us talk about or anything you'd
1: like to say at all, really. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.